0: I think that girls without daddies that use sex to get their man don't really think about it like that. Do you know what I mean? Like you can look at it now and see it was your MO, but did you really realize that's what you were doing or were you really confusing physical attention for love? Because I think, I think, I think that's how it starts, Mm -hmm. you know, is that you, like a woman thinks that if a man expresses you know, physical attention towards her, of course he finds her you know, physically attractive. And in her mind, the physicality of attraction is inextricably intertwined with the emotional aspect mm-hmm. of it. The pattern that I'm talking about isn't a woman who knows what she's doing. It's a woman who's doing something out of need in a pattern that's not healthy and is actually never getting the positive outcome that she's hoping for.
1: Why do some women seem to have it all together, whereas others seem to be more like a butterfly trying to survive a tornado? Author Cindy McPike observes there is often a common thread pulling through the fabric that weaves the behaviors of women into consistent patterns whether directive or destructive. One of these threads can be the presence or absence of a supportive father or father figure in the adolescent lives of women. Author Cindy McPike, in her book, Girls Without Daddies, Filling the Void of a Fatherless Childhood, identifies the common struggles and the transformation that is possible on the path towards emotional health. Join this conversation as host Melody Campbell interviews author Cindy McPike and they discuss what she has learned on her journey from struggling with coping mechanisms that keep her trapped as a victim to learning to understand her own personal worth and how she developed healthy communications of her own needs. Well, we are here again today with author Cindy McPike to discuss her book, Girls Without Daddies, filling the void of a fatherless childhood and identifying the common struggles and the transformation that's possible on the path towards emotional health. And today's topic is using sex to get your man. And I think that's a common strategy For girls without daddies, is is that is that? Would you say that's right, Cindy? Is we we default, and I say we because I'm in that group, even though I feel like I've grown. I'm in that group, and that used to be my mo, to at least use flirtation.
0: Yeah, I don't know that. I mean, strategy to say it's a strategy makes it sound like it's something that you're um, cognizant of, or or kind of. Maliciously planning. Mm-hmm. I, I think that girls without daddies that use sex to get their man don't really think about it like that. Do you know what I mean? Like you can look at it now and see it was your mo. But did you really realize that's what you were doing, or were you really confusing physical attention for love? Because I think I think yes. that I think that's how it starts. Mm-hmm you know, is that you, like a woman thinks that if a man expresses, you know, physical attention towards her, of course, he finds her, you know, physically attractive. And in her mind, the physicality of attraction is inextricably intertwined with the emotional aspect Mm -hmm. of it. Whereas with men, that's not the case. So we give what they want and they give us what we want because we've mislabeled it as affection. Yeah. But what, oh, that's it. That's but we absolutely really, it. Yeah. We really want affection. And what we're trying to do to get it is we're we're getting it through sex. And we attribute that to have a more meaning to the men than it actually has. Yeah. So I had a friend once and I, I literally, of all the women that I've known in my entire life, she was the only one I had ever met who could really just have sex with a man and have it not mean anything ever. Now, I'm not saying there are women out there that, that, you know, that I don't know, I've got so many negatives going, I don't know which way it is, but there are <laughs> women out there that can have sex and that's it, right? Yeah. The, the, there must be. But I have literally never met one. Yeah. I thought I had now this one gal. And then years later, I realized that uh, she too was a girl without a daddy. And I could see how well she had covered it up, how well she had covered her pain, her constant disappointment that these relationships weren't panning out. And every time, you know, I mean, I would... almost view it as uh, somebody that's a cutter you know Mm -hmm. it's like you know it's gonna hurt you gotta go do it and then there's just something so I've never been a cutter so I don't know how that psychologically feels but it's like you can't stop it you have to do it you know it's gonna hurt and there's something familiar about it or something comforting somehow Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what cutters feel but uh And so that's a terrible analogy because I'm too ignorant to be able to use it properly. But that's that's to me it's different than saying I now there I'm sure are gold diggers out there that do use sex to get their men, and they absolutely know that's what they're doing, Mm -hmm. and some of them are quite proud of it. And you know, to each their own, right? Yeah. Pure modus operandi through life is to use. Whatever God-given physical gifts you got to, you know, find yourself a nice life with the the sugar daddy, then, you know, who am I to say that's not the way to go, right? Yeah, and
1: maybe they are still looking for quote-unquote love, but they've come to an agreement with themselves that money over love is fine you know, they might still want the love, you know, so they're using the sex to get the attention and calling it love. But if the end goal is the goal is the gold that they're digging,
0: they'll be fine without the love. They've come to terms with that. Yeah. I mean, they, they, that particular woman might not have high needs for feeling whole so like for where I am at this point in my life, and, and I'm not saying that I would be a gold digger or anything like that. It's an amusing thought to me though, because I don't have, I'm not emotionally needy. Mm-hmm. Um, if I If I couldn't escape a relationship because the guy was just so funny, I mean, and I had a great time, then, you know, so be it. Uh, if he was rich, I think he would be a little bit funnier uh, <laughs> than he might be if he weren't you know if he weren't not rich, why wow, I'm having a tough time with double negatives today, but you yeah. know what I'm saying he, he, guys with money are a little funnier and they are a little bit more handsome. You can kind of get past that pencil thin neck that you wonder what's holding that bobble <laughs> cap on. you know what i mean yeah. you're like, yeah, you know his neck's a little thin, but you know that's okay well, uh, you know. Just, I think he's going to look good wearing a lot of scarves for the rest of his life. <laughs> I mean, you need to wear a scarf. It's very, very fashionable these days. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And never mind the fact that it up, covers up that pencil neck that's just freakish. So, anyway, my point really is that um, all the way back to your opening question. The pattern that I'm talking about isn't a woman who knows what she's doing. It's a woman who's doing something out of need in a pattern that's not healthy and is actually never getting the positive outcome that she's hoping for. Because, you know, you take this the step two into a relationship, you know, when you're when you're dating somebody, for example. And uh, you're like, not sure, right? In those early stages, you know, everything seems good, right? Mm-hmm. Things are going along fine. Um, and of course, you know, they want to push the, the physical part of it. And, you know, if you're insecure about, you know, being able to uh, land a guy, you're not going to have the self-confidence to make them wait until you're ready, Yeah. Right? And so there goes the very first uh, nail in the coffin of that relationship. You've given up something, not because you're choosing to, but because you think you need to. Mm -hmm. So nail number one. Now, the the reason that's a nail in the coffin of that relationship is you just let the relationship get out of balance. Before, you were 50% in charge. You were holding your own. Mm-hmm. They wanted something, you weren't ready, everything's fine. But the second you gave something because they wanted you to, you lost the balance. And yeah. then you've exposed yourself when you're too emotionally vulnerable to emotional vulnerability. Because when women have sex, it is an emotional thing. Yeah. So now you feel more vulnerable in the relationship because you've done you know something that you weren't ready for and so you're going to become more clingy and you're probably going to be more jealous and all of these unattractive behaviors that will cause a man to run from you about as fast as he can yeah i mean you want to you want to drive a guy away early in a relationship Go ahead and have sex with him because he thinks that's, you know, you're ready for it. And then you become some kind of a clingy bitch. Excuse the French, but I had to make my point. That that relationship is as good as over. And that first, you might as well have just done a pack of 20, 20 cigarette nails in that coffin because it's over. And why is it over? Because you gave up, something because somebody wanted you to which gets you back to the core of being a girl without a daddy why do we give up stuff when we're not ready whether that be sex whether that be not picking you know friends that are you know emotionally balanced you know why do we take these shortcuts in everything that we do out of insecurity we're trying to be people pleasers Well, because we don't have the self-confidence. We've got an attractive guy. He's physically attracted to us. We really want that affection because we're yearning for it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and we're confusing that affection, that physical interaction with with affection, because to us, that's what it means. Whereas to a guy, it means more just physical. And, you know, it's just a recipe. It's like a it's like somebody set all the ingredients out to, to make a, a, bake a horrible cake on the counter and you went ahead and made it even though you knew it was going to taste bad because yeah. it was sitting right there and you couldn't not put that ingredient in because they had it laid out. Um, it's a path that, I mean, can you see what I'm saying? It's like a path that has little rocks that are literally numbered, step here, step here, step here, that a girl without a daddy walks on without even realizing that she kind of feels compelled to do it. Well, and I think a l- there's a lot
1: in our culture that reinforces that lie, even though there's plenty of proof to the opposite. You know, almost all the movies and whatnot, it, it seems to express that, that this physical attention is 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 always attached to the appropriate emotional connection, and that's what's called falling in love and it's just a big lie <laughs> it's a big lie
0: well yeah, I mean, I think that there there's a just a ton of expectations in society that for a woman to be desirable, she has to be had hmm. um, so if you see a beautiful 35 year old woman who's successful in her career has never married and never had children what's the first thing a guy's gonna say what's wrong with her yeah i get literally got in a car once i when i was the cfo of the company that i was the cfo for and I was going to a sales conference for one of the big divisions. And I ended up at the airport and I was riding with an, a sales rep from one, from that division. And, of course, once he found out who I was, he turned into this chatty Kathy. It was kind of cute. Talk, 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 talk. You know, and so we talked a little bit throughout the weekend. Um, and at one point in this, this, this guy looked at me and said, so you've been divorced now for, I don't know how many years it had been. Um, and I'm And I said, yeah. And he's like, and you haven't remarried. And I said, no. Mm-mm. And he goes, well, what's wrong with you? Like he literally said that to my face. Wow. Like, the fact that I, in his mind was attractive and successful, but not married meant something was wrong with me. So the societal pressure there, is that if you don't, if you have never had the love of a man, there must be something wrong with you. Yeah. And I'm telling you, when you're younger, that hangs over your head, you know?
1: Yeah. Yes. And yes.
0: when you're my age, like you start meeting, I have never talked to a happily married woman in her 50s who has said, That if something happened to their spouse, they all say they would not remarry. Now, they absolutely love their spouse, right? They're very happily married. They just don't find it worth it to start over and build that back up again in that short period of time that they'd have left in life. They had it, they're good with it. So, the point is that there is a time in your life where you will 100% feel whole without. The proof that you are whole because some man decided that you're the special one he wants to spend the rest of his life with. Yeah. That that feeling of freedom is there without the capturing of a man with sex. You yeah. can't have it. Um, it is, it's is, It's one of those little games you can play in your head with yourself. I call it the pity party game. It's when you start counting up Glass in life is either half empty or it's half full. I mean, there's just no two ways about it, right? (laughs) And genetically, you do have the ability, 50% of your happiness is roughly, and this is from a clinical study, is roughly genetics, and 50% is how you view life. So if you got 49% unhappiness, you still could be a happy person it's within your power to look at life as the glass is half full. So as you know, I dropped a 1500 pound tractor implement on my toe 10 days ago or something. Did we talk about this last week? I can't remember. Honestly, I feel like the luckiest person in the world. Oh my gosh. It could have cut my toe off. Yeah. It could have landed a little bit further higher on my foot. Honestly, it could not have landed on a better spot if it was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I, I was going to wear tennis shoes that day, but it had rained just a tad. And so I, I didn't want to put my, my muck boots on, but you know they aren't steel-toed. Um, so I wanted to wear something that wasn't quite muck booted in case I left the house. So I put on these dressier boots, but they're actually thicker booted material. Mm-hmm. I never wear them outside In when I'm doing farm work, ever. If I'd had my other shoes on, I would have lost my toe. Oh, my goodness. So I'm just telling you. So I, I look at that. You know, someone else could look at it and say, what an idiot. Why doesn't she just, you know, yes, I didn't pay attention. Yes, it was my own fault. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I wish I hadn't done it. But I did, and stuff like that happens in life. And why would I not celebrate when it goes my way? God knows if it doesn't go my way, I'm going to bemoan it. So why not? So I guess that's kind of the, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but that's the way all of life is. And what man is going to be, a man is going to be attracted more to a glass half full personality. Nobody wants to be around only the people that want to be around a Debbie, da- Down- Debbie Downer Downer Debbie Downers, right? Yes, and even then, there's competition. Who yeah. can be the downerest? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, what do you want to? What are your goals in life? You know, what are your big picture goals? So when I look at mine, um, I try to sort everything as like when I'm, you know, laying on my deathbed. Which you know, it used to be when I was younger. I'd say when I'm in my 70s on my deathbed. Now it's like I'm 57. So what? You know, when I'm in my 90s, on my deathbed, <laughs> uh, you know, I want to smile as I close my eyes and say yes. to this life, yeah, and I, I want no regrets. Yeah, I I just want to smile. I wanna I want to know that the culmination of whatever I accomplished, whether that was bringing a smile to somebody's face or somebody in need or that i just didn't hurt as many people as i probably could have uh who knows i just want to smile you know and so i try to sort out what i'm doing in light of that so big picture you know um Am I a decent human being with my family? Because obviously I'm not going to be on my deathbed smiling if I have all this family trauma, you know, drama going on. Um, but what am I doing with my life? Big picture. You know, you're, you're faced with a decision of conscience. You know, you, you look to some longer-term goal of where you want to be. And the same should be the case for a relationship. You know, you meet a man uh, does this fit with your goals in life? You know, are are Mm -hmm. you wanting a relationship? I mean, for a girl without a daddy, I was trying to think of what would be the healthiest way for me when I was younger to meet someone and eventually become in a relationship with them. I think the healthiest way for me would have been for me to meet a guy and not view him as a potential mate. And for whatever reason, mm-hmm. blinders to it. Uh, I have no idea how how it could happen. I'm just saying, in that I would befriend them as the true person that I am, with no facades, mm-hmm. no drama, just you know, pure Cindy. And then after say a few years, something sparks the romance. Yeah. Because there would be so much health and balance in that relationship that I think the change that would occur when it turned romantic would be enough where I would recognize it and say, I'm out of balance. Mm -hmm. But when you start off right into that romance, you're, you're immediately, most girls without daddies, you know, are going to immediately be a little bit off balance because they're gonna give a little too much. And I'm not talking just about sex. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about what kind of food do you like? What kind of movie do you want to go see? Just oh, having an opinion at all. At because, all. Yeah. You're not just being a friend. You're trying to get acceptance and love. So you can't be as real as you want to be because you're hiding. You're hiding because you're afraid that you're not loved or lovable. But if you go in, you know, to uh, a friendship first, then you get away from that and you don't fall into the traps that you do when you try to use sex to get your man.
1: Yeah. Well, and the the thing of it is is somebody ought to go out and educate these men because they don't know that that, that's a good thing. What I've noticed
0: they don't they don't care, Melody.
1: <laughs> well some do. Some do. They're um, like Yeah. They're like, well, you know, I I okay. they date a couple times and they're like, I really like you. And uh let's let's get physical on some level. It may not be full out sex, but they want to get start getting physical on some level. And the thought that comes to my mind, not just for me, but for, you know, anyone who is building that type of a relationship that how could they possibly even know that they like you for that level of intimacy when they've only had maybe a couple of hours with you? Cause you don't know, like, you know, what's their hygiene like, how do they handle money? What happens when they get angry? None of that is apparent in the first few hours, maybe a couple of dates. And yet they want to go right to telling you to take your profile down. Or, you know, however that arrangement happens to come about. And now you're a couple. It's impossible. I yeah, love yeah. how you describe starting as a
0: friend. Well, here's the, here's the problem with what you're describing. You're describing it, number one, as a woman. And number two, as a woman that's in her 50s. Okay? Yeah. You, you got to transplant yourself back to when you had a lot more hormones in your body yeah I, true and now so like i remember walking by i was at this workplace i <laughs> still remember this and it happens to me every now and then i'm walking by this is clearly many many years ago you could not have a poster like this in the workplace now huge poster in this gal's cubicle guy laying there just ripped with the sheets just right above the groin area with his arm up behind his head, you know, so that pec muscles right there. And I realized I'd stopped walking and I was standing there gawking at this <laughs> thing, right? And now, if I were to walk by that, I mean, I would look, but I wouldn't stop. It wouldn't, you know, I would still be able to carry on a conversation. But when I was 20 years old, I mean, it was just like jaw dropping. Like, <laughs> very male of me let's put it that way so there's a book called his needs her needs we may have talked about it before top 10 needs for men and women are essentially the same uh the top five for women however completely different than the top five for men um obviously women's top five is affection Mm -hmm. men's top five is sex Um, women do have sex in the top 10 it's just in the six through 10 range Mm -hmm. so a man again they're not looking for what we are so that question that you pose which is how do you even you don't even know me why do you want this affection they don't care if they know you they just want the sex <laughs> yes. and they want to get as close to the sex as they can they're like a moth to fire right yes, and they're just yes. going to pound around until they literally burn up because they are compelled to do so by these hormones and you and I and, and men more our age aren't going to be quite that way, but that hormone thing is not something to be taken lightly. And men are definitely, you know, I mean, there's the studies, right? Men think about sex 50 times in the, a minute and women think about it three times, or, you know, in an hour and women three times in an hour. I don't think about sex three times an hour. I can tell you that.
1: No, not
0: uh, me either. <laughs> Imagine if I'm watching a movie and there's sex all over in it, I would think about it every time it came on the screen. But it, you know, if you reflect back for younger women and younger men, and that's why it's so much harder for younger girls that don't have that strong background of a, of a you know, strong, supportive father figure because the attention is coming, and it's not. And yeah. you don't even have to be. Here's the thing: is you don't even have to be an attractive woman when you're younger to get a guy that wants to have sex with you. Yeah. So you're not really getting any positive feedback out of it. I mean, there are some horn dogs out there that will. I mean, it does does not matter. You know. Yeah, true. And so. It's an empty, there's an emptiness to it. So you're, you're wanting to open your heart to be filled with this sense of wholeness. And you expose yourself with your arms out in the most vulnerable way possible, waiting for this reciprocating love because you're giving this thing that is so precious to you. And to them, it's sex. -hmm. So you're you're going to the grocery store looking to buy milk, and yeah, didn't yeah, you maybe got as close as cottage cheese, Mm -hmm. and and that's a gift. I'm just saying that what you are, what a girl without a daddy is hoping for out of sex is to be made whole. Mm -hmm. A healthy woman who's in love with a man is going to get out of sex, is expressing her love for this other human being. Yeah, it's in the
1: giving of the love, not, not just in the receiving of that and then
0: yeah. finding
1: the approval. Well, I was just looking at the levels of emotional maturity and trying, it to, trying to see it through that lens. If a girl without a daddy hasn't grown into um, emotional detachment, she is going to have a very hard time untangling herself from the self from, from the concepts imposed by whoever she happens to be sleeping with at the time. And there's not going to be any unconditional love, you know, so it's very much she may get her man with her sex or whatever, but it's not going to give her the unconditional love that she's desiring.
0: It's cottage cheese at best.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: it, it's a milk product. <laughs> Some people like it, uh, you know, but yeah. Well, let's put it this way. Whenever you give with an expectation of receiving, it will be a bitter disappointment 95 to 99.9% of the time. Yeah. The only true joy in life is giving, giving. Yeah, because getting is beyond your control. And you're placing your happiness in the hands of others. You know, if you know, like, I mean, you've seen people like that, right? People that uh, I used to be huge, I would make Easter baskets for every human being I knew. (laughs) I don't know. I had like an assembly line in my kitchen when I was younger. Because I love giving away Easter baskets. I love getting an Easter basket. My mom always gave me one and I loved it. Um, This year I got a sack with some chocolate in it, which I didn't really appreciate because I put on like five pounds in this pandemic. (laughs) But I ate it anyway because, you know, my mom knows me. I loved it. I loved it. So, you know, there's no way that Easter would have been as happy for me if I had sat at home and I got 10 Easter baskets from people. That would of course be great, but it would never have made me as happy as giving out 10 Easter baskets. Cause yeah. the happiness of the true joy of giving and is, it's awesome. You know, one yes. of my favorite things and I don't do it as, as much as I'd like is uh, pay it forward. Mm. So, you know, in a restaurant, you want to feel good. You want to have like the most fun that you could, like, you can live off of this for a week. It's pathetic how long you can get happiness out of buying a dinner for a young family with two children mm-hmm. and paying for it without them knowing and just telling the waitress, I don't want them to know who did it. Just when they go to pay, you tell them that uh, someone took care of it already and for them to have a lovely evening and have a beautiful family. Yeah, yeah, that that is. I used to
1: do that for seniors, um, older people eating alone. And the, just
0: the joy and the surprise on their face was just... Absolutely. Awesome. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Now, is it wonderful when it happens to you? Yes, it is. But is it as wonderful as when you do it for someone else? No, that's no, much more fun. it isn't. But it's still wonderful all the way around. And yeah. so that's, that's the difference in sex, when you're ready for it and when you're not ready for it. Yeah. Are you are you going to get the joy out of giving Mm -hmm. in that sexual act? Because that is making love. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And 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 it happens for women when you love and admire and respect that man. And you don't love, admire and respect a man that you just met. You are giving something to you. You are either being horny, which is for many people, absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. But as I said, I haven't met very many women who could just have sex. The one I thought, turns out she was, every time she did it, she was hurting herself. But I didn't realize that. I thought she really was. I mean, she had had red nail polish that she wore that she called her F me red nail polish. And she could not just use the first letter. (laughs) Right. And I just thought, wow. I mean, she's a brilliant woman, successful woman, just really promiscuous and seemingly okay with it. Anyway, my point back to my point of when you love that person and you want to show it to them and you can do so freely and be yourself, that is a relationship that is in balance and it will stay in balance even after sex. Because you're not worried about what does he think about how I, is this, what does he think about how I am in bed? You're like, I love this guy so much. You know what I mean? I'm not even thinking about, I'm just making love, right? Yeah. Because you're, you're in it more, everything is better, a hundred percent better. And then when it's over, some woman knocks at the door the next morning or whatever, and it's the neighbor. You're not like, who's that? (laughs) How long have you known her? Yeah. Yeah. She lives next door to you. Do you guys ever do stuff together? You know, because you're like, no, I love this guy, right? I think he's an awesome guy. And I know I'm awesome. And guy mm-hmm. can't see that I'm awesome. And he thinks this chick next door is the one that he wants. Psh, go get her. You obviously yeah. aren't the guy I thought you were. And it's yep. okay. You know yep. what I mean? Because
1: you've reached that emotional detachment. You already know how, you already know where you stand. I was going to say, you already know how amazing you are, but I don't think it's a matter of, what level of amazingness you are, but just being really comfortable with yourself in who you are it's not you don't feel taken down a notch or two just because somebody else comes into the picture. It's like, well, okay, go well for
0: her, and if you're practiced at giving so here's here's one thing that you know like I, um, you you think somebody needs some money, so this happened to me recently, and so i uh you know, so I was like, oh, okay, you know, so I wanted to do something nice for them. And then it, it, it turned out that I really wasn't sure after all, like, maybe they didn't really need my help. Because I, you know, I got kind of And then I just said to myself, you know what, no, they, they really did. Maybe something has gone well for them. And that's great. But that doesn't change the fact that you wanted to do something nice for them. And you did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if it and it was your choice. And if you got taken, you know what? Smile about it. If somebody, you know what? Just smile about it and, and yeah. enjoy the fact that maybe their life is a little bit easier for a little while, and that's okay. You know. Yeah. And, but it, so likewise, if you're going to, you know, make love to a man and and you've enjoyed it and you love him and things don't turn out, you you nothing was taken from you. Mm-hmm. It was you gave it. Oh, great story on this. My aunt told me this once. This is a great analogy for it. I was having some problems with my then mother in law, and uh, I was talking to her about it. And she says to me, My mother in law would always come over to my house and dust. So every time she was coming over, I would spend the whole previous day dusting everything. Mm -hmm. And she would still come over to my house and dust. And so finally, I just said to myself, what am I doing? <laughs> Instead going to of... dust anyways. <laughs> She's... Exactly. So she quit dusting. And every time her mother-in-law came over, she would set the end dust and the dust rag out for her and gave her permission to dust her house. Mm-hmm. And because she felt in control of it, it didn't bother her. Yeah. Yeah. Similarly, when you feel like someone snookered sex out of you versus you decided to do it and you enjoyed it, furniture is dusted. It's a terrible analogy. (laughs) That was just, that that was totally accidental there. (laughs) 100%. Gross. Okay. Sorry. Actually, it was pretty funny, but it was unintentional.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. Well... I think for a a younger woman versus a more mature woman, you kind of have to look look at this topic through that set of eyes. You know, yes, maybe your hormones are raging and all the men you're connected to, their hormones are raging. But realizing that aside from that, um, you don't have to let go of your balance of power just to get yourself approved. And so that, you know, so that you can make your decisions going into... Um, those relationships with control. And then an older woman who doesn't have the emotions um, raging, maybe it's a little bit easier to pick and choose and say, Nope, I don't think I know you well enough, you know. But the bottom line is if you don't have your own emotions, I was gonna say in check, but that's not really it. If you don't have a, a, a balanced um, emotional approach to relationships like that you're only setting yourself up for more pain because men and women do look at that level of physical, in you know, involvement with each other very differently. And you're not going to get love from sexuality. So it's easier to learn that early than to go through life
0: hoping, <laughs> hoping that this is not the truth. Maybe this will be different for me. Yeah, no, it's not going to be. But, you know, I mean, the if you can... I was thinking about what you were just saying and, and, you know, just like, even when it comes to sexual relationships, when you're younger, you jump into friendships sooner too, you know? Yeah. You know, you, and then you get a little bit further down the road and you realize that this woman that you've befriended is a little cray cray, right? (laughs) And you didn't see it right away. And now you, now you're in a position where you literally have to kind of distance yourself from this person essentially break up with them. Yeah. Right. And then as you get, you know, more into, you know, our age, when we make friends, it's a slower process. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't in yes. with both feet right away. We, you know, uh I, my friendships usually take years to develop solidly, depending on the circumstances, of course. Um, you know, we do a little bit more, a little bit more, get tested. And, you know, and I have very few friendship, I, I don't think I've had a friendship failure for years and years and years, um, yeah. you know. Uh, but it's also easier as you get older because the people that you're dealing with are, I mean, you're, you're better at your selection. Mm-hmm. And by default, people are older and generally more mature. Um, it's a much more random when you're younger, it's harder to see. Cause you don't have all of the, you know, like other indicators going on that, you know, they might be stable or they might be unstable or that type of thing. So, but I think a, a wrap up would
1: be, you know, no matter whether it's, it's what age level or whether it's being physical, like in a relationship with a significant other, or if it's just uh, deepening friendships, the place to start is with your levels of emotional maturity and kind of seeing where you're at and where you need to grow. If you're still um, unable to own your own feelings and be honest about how you feel and be able to share them and ask for and receive what you need out of life, um, you know, all those different levels. And if, if you haven't worked on that, the other will be much more of a struggle. It'll be more of a shot in the dark with a friendship or an intimate relationship so kind of bringing it back to if you're a girl without a daddy the place to start is to look at your emotional maturity and if at all possible bring on a trained professional to kind of help you ask yourself the right questions because sometimes you're so involved in your own head it's hard to know what to ask yourself but then everything else will get better from there just starting with that emotional maturity. So that's why I really like that you cover that in such depth in the beginning part of this book, because it really makes all these other topics much easier to approach from having that as a foundation.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you're absolutely right. If you, if you don't have some of those emotional levels, your chance of having a, a healthy romantic relationship are not real or, or any relationship. You
1: know. Any relationship,
0: in particular, a romantic one. But yes, you're right, any relationship, yeah.
1: Okay, any final words that you want to add to this? Any words of encouragement for us girls without daddies?
0: I say enjoy every day of the process of your journey. I yeah, mean, there's, awesome. you, can, you can keep your eye on a goal, and setting goals is great. Uh, it's definitely something you should do. But don't forget just every single day to smile at your progress yeah focus on your little victories yeah
1: absolutely oh that's big wins are built on small wins exactly see those first yeah so well next next time we talk we'll talk about can men just be friends that's an interesting topic (laughs) somebody needs to inform them as much as us i think
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna have to have a a huge campaign on that. I one.
1: know we we need to. Well, and you know maybe you know because the girls are the moms. You know obviously you know we grow up and we have those babies and we often are the primary caregivers in the raising of the children. You know if, even if you just look at it traditionally, we could potentially you know it may it still may take many many years, maybe even many generations to change the mindset you know there are some things that we're hardwired with but some things also are at the very least what's molded by culture um and that you know maybe maybe this is the beginning of influence for future generations to help on both sides you know male and female
0: i love your optimism <laughs> well
1: anything can happen over generations right yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> Why not be positive?
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you, Cindy. Again, we were speaking with the author of Girls Without Daddies, Filling the Void of a Fatherless Childhood. And if you are interested in taking a look at this book and seeing all the good stories and analogies, as well as um, cited facts from other experts in the field, pick up, pick up a copy of Cindy's book on Amazon and just look for either Cindy McPike or the top, the title girls without daddies. And you can pick up um, a paperback copy or read it on Kindle. And we will be back again next week. um, talking again, can men just be friends? We'll find out. Thank you very much, Cindy. Thank you. You have been listening to a conversation with Cindy McPike, author of Girls Without Daddies, Filling the Void of a Fatherless Childhood. This life-changing book is available at Amazon.com in paperback or Kindle version. To invite Cindy for podcast interviews or speaking opportunities, visit girlswithoutdaddies.com. Tune in next week for another Emotional Transformation Conversation.